Hey, cat. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Same time. Hey, cat. Okay. Hey. How are you? I'm good. I, I say that every time. I need to just, like, not say that. Just to be like, what's up? What's just to change poppin'? Up. What's, what's pa- crack a lackin'? Oh, jinx. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> So what are we what are we talking about today, Jess? Oof. Um Oof. <laughs> So we've got a brutal one today. Oof. Oof. Um today we are talking about the disappearance of Susan Powell. So I want to give a fair warning that there are kids involved in this one. Um, it's not a happy situation, so take that as you will. There's no rape or anything like that, but there are kids. So, okay. Sad face. I know. Well, let's talk about Susan and Josh Powell. In November of 2000, Susan Cox and Joshua Powell met at a dinner party at Joshua's apartment. Susan and Josh had attended the same LDS Institute of Religion course, and I guess after one of their sessions, Josh decided to have some people over, um, which is where he officially got to meet Susan. Okay, so like a after-school powwow kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So they immediately, once they got to know each other and talked at this party, they were attracted to each other and decided to start a relationship. So they, like, clicked. That's cool. Yep. Okay. By the age of 19, Susan had accepted Josh's proposal, and the two married in April of 2001. Okay. That escalated quickly. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm going to de-escalate it by talking about Susan's childhood and then Josh's childhood. Okay, cool. Yep. So Susan Marie Cox was born on October 16, 1981 to parents Chuck and Judy Cox in New Mexico. She grew up kind of all over the place. Her family moved to Alaska and then to Washington, and she had a really somewhat normal childhood. Was it military? Is that why they moved? Nope. Just they moved. just moved. Okay. Just moved. All right. Um, she is described as a very sweet and outgoing person. Her family is also deep-rooted in the LDS faith, which is how she and Josh ended up meeting. So Joshua Powell was born on January 20th, 1976, to Stephen and Terika Powell in I looked up how to say it, but I can never say it right. Wallop, Washington? Wallop? 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 I don't know. Okay. (laughs) P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P. Wallop? Okay, Okay. so in Washington. It's not Puyallup. It's... (laughs) I don't know. Something Washington. 
something Washington. Um, his parents had a very dysfunctional marriage because his Josh's dad, Stephen, rejected the LDS church. Oh. And according to divorce filings by Terica in 1992, Stephen was sharing porn with Josh and his two brothers. Oh. Yeah. That's not usual practice, but no. okay. Um, and also, Josh would... <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um, kill his sister's gerbils. Oh, okay. Also, not normal practice for pet gerbils. Yes. Okay. Yes. And he even, on one occasion, threatened his mother with a butcher knife. Yeah, oh. he's... Uh, little sketch um so okay that's that just screams really bad kid like i would be he would that oh my gosh no my kid would be in therapy all day every day inpatient outpatient like wow oh yeah oh yeah um apparently josh even attempted suicide at least on one occasion oh my gosh how old Mm -hmm. was he i don't know how old he was when he attempted suicide just but like an adolescent. All of this, yeah, all of this happened in his adolescent teens. Oh my yeah. gosh. By the late 1990s, he was living in Seattle and was attending University of Washington. There he met and started a relationship with Catherine Terry Everett, who he met at the LDS church. The relationship was good. They ended up moving in together, and then Josh became super possessive of Catherine. So possessive that he was restricting the time she spent with her family. Red flag. Burning like, red flag. Okay. Yeah. Like, if she was going to go see him, she had to bring him with her. Burning red flag. Yeah. Luckily, Catherine was like, whoa, this is too much. And when she was visiting a friend in Utah without Josh, she ended up calling him and broke up with him over the phone. Okay, so she wasn't, like, totally in the dark of how bad this was. She, like, still kind of knew, like, she, this is not she, right. Yeah, she recognized okay. it and then ended it. Okay. Um, he met Susan a short time after this. Okay. So, back to Susan and Josh together. After they got married, Josh and Susan moved in with Stephen Powell, which is Josh's dad, for a short time in South Hill, Washington. Stephen became infatuated with Susan, and unknowingly to her, he started doing some really sketchy shit. For example... Uh, Okay. Oh. (laughs) For example, he would follow her around the house with a camcorder. Oh. Use a mirror to spy on her in the bathroom. Steal her underwear from the laundry. He read her journals and even wrote and posted love songs online about her. And she did not know he was doing this? Uh, yeah. She, for a while, she she had no idea. Okay. That's so scary. Until 2003, when Stephen confessed his love for her, and she rejected him. Big U vibes. Big U vibes. Yeah. 
This encounter of him confessing his love was captured on the microphone from the camcorder. So there's like recording of it? Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Soon after Josh and Susan moved to West Valley City, Utah, I'm sure after Susan was like, yo, your dad's a creep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they moved outside of Salt Lake. There, they had two children, Charles, who was born in 2005, and Brayden, who was born in 2007. When I tell you, these kids are so freaking cute. Yeah. I'll post some pictures. They're so cute. Um, According to an article by ABC News, when Susan went into labor with Charles, Josh had refused to drive her to the hospital and insisted that her parents take her because he said he had to finish something. He he finally showed up at the hospital two hours later. I'm what sorry, but dick. I would kill him. What? <laughs> Susan's father said that the thing he wanted to do was back up his hard drive. That's more important than having his first child. Yep. Jaw drop. I have something to do. I have to go back up my computer. Good luck having my child. Yeah. In her journal entries, Susan wrote about the presence of tension in the marriage. Um, Josh was refusing to attend church and stayed in contact with his father despite his ongoing advances towards Susan. Yuck. Yuck. Yeah. Yuck. Yuck. Yeah. This okay. man is is literally a walking red flag. Um, Susan's friends even stated how extremely controlling he was towards her. And noted his extravagant spending habits. They said that Josh became so controlling that he had to get, she had to get his permission to use the car and had to follow a strict procedure before spending any money. A procedure? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example right now. Friend of Susan's, Michelle Areno, stated that, quote, he would give Susan an amount of money and on grocery shopping, he had a spreadsheet that she was to look look at and go through ads to find the cheapest price of things. After she would go shopping and she came home, she had to enter every single item into that spreadsheet. If she ever spent more than a couple cents on a can of beans, Josh would really yell at her and get angry, unquote. I cannot imagine. Mm-mm. A- all of the time and effort it takes to make that spreadsheet, B, actually sticking to that spreadsheet, mm-hmm. like, and then somebody getting mad at you. Like, I Okay, literally, imagine. I will go, I will go to the, I will make a list for the grocery store. Yeah. And then in the grocery store, I, will, I won't even look at the list. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got this. Dang I know it, I meant to it. get baking soda and I just didn't. Like, yeah. yeah. No, that's, I feel like that's so normal, but to have a whole spreadsheet you have to follow, that's very yeah. controlling like you can say you're penny pinching or whatever but like that's wild yeah um susan's sister even said he wouldn't let her spend money on socks uh and she would have to knit them instead this girl had to knit her own socks okay yeah. i don't know what it would take for somebody to walk away from this situation but knitting your own socks needs to be one of the things <laughs> Oh my gosh, you have to knit your own socks. Like, can you imagine, like, 
trying to work out in knitted socks, you would no. have blisters all the time. I would have no socks. Your girl can't knit. <laughs> Same. Like... <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, it's funny that he was so strict about spending with her, but... Josh filed for bankruptcy in 2007, declaring over 200000 in debt. Okay. So is this like when you're like cheating on somebody and so you accuse them of cheating and so like have a thing? <laughs> like what? Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's very hypocritical. It's fine. Big spender. Um, Susan recorded a video in July 2008 surveying property damage to the house that was attributed to Josh. And she wrote a secret will that included the statements, quote, I want it documented that there is extreme turmoil in our marriage. And, quote, if I die, it may not be an accident, even if it looks like one. Oh, that's like a, that's a, oh my gosh. So she knew. Mm -hmm. She was like, this man could kill me. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Susan's sister. Susan's sister, Denise, said, quote, when I told her to leave with the kids, she told me that he had told her, over my dead body, will you have those boys? They're mine. The boys were a possession to him. They were all his possessions, unquote. Yeah, I guess that is that kind of mentality. Like, it's not, I love them, and I would, you know. Narcissism, my dude. Yeah. Sick. On the morning of December 6, 2009, Susan and her boys attended church. A neighbor visited their home in the afternoon, leaving at about 5 p.m. This was the last time Susan was seen by someone outside of the Powell household. At first, the whole Powell family was reported missing on December 7th by relatives. Josh's mother, Terica, sorry, Terica and sister Jennifer Graves went looking for them at their house shortly after being informed that the children had not been dropped off at daycare that morning. So after looking kind of around the house and not finding anything, calling Josh and Susan and not hearing anything, they called police. Um, yeah, because it's like a whole missing family. It's not like one person it's right. the family yeah the whole family yeah so the police broke into the powell residence fearing that the family fell victim to carbon monoxide poisoning um they found no one inside but what they did found what they did what they did find was two box fans blowing at a wet spot on the couch that's never good mm, yeah did it smell like bleach I don't know. Susan did not show up for work on December 7th. Her purse, wallet, and ID were all found at the house. Her cell phone was later found in the family's minivan, which Josh was driving. Later that day, Josh returned home with the two boys and was taken in for questioning. He claimed he had left Susan sleeping at home shortly after midnight on December 7th and had taken the boys on a camping trip to Simpson Springs in western Utah. Okay, interesting. Put her cell phones in the car that you were in. 
Police visited Simpson Springs on December 10th, but found no evidence of the campsite Josh had described. It was also blizzarding the night of December 6th into the morning of December 7th, which police found suspicious because why the fuck would you take your boys camping in a blizzard when they were supposed to be at daycare the next morning? Yeah, that's that makes no sense at all. Like, that's not even safe. Yeah. Josh also did not show up for work that day as he said he thought it was Sunday rather than Monday. Oh, because I'm just aloof and I'm not part of the working class society. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's all a lie from the get. Yep. Upon searching the Powell residence on December 9th, investigators found traces of Susan's blood on the floor. Life insurance policies on Susan for one and a half million. And a handwritten letter from Susan expressing fear for her life. DNA results, DNA results that were released in 2013 matched one blood sample with Susan, while another sample was determined to come from an unknown male contributor. Oh. Okay. That's weird. In August 2012, West Valley City Police released documents showing that Josh took actions that were highly suspicious following Susan's disappearance. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. He went camping in a blizzard. That's suspicious, too. Not even just (laughs) post-disappearance, pre-disappearance. But wait, there's more. Oh, of course. He liquidated her retirement accounts, canceled all of her chiropractic appointments, and even withdrew his children from daycare. Oh, yeah. That is a blaring suspect right there. Not a, not a freaking out husband. Here's the kicker. He had also previously talked with coworkers about how to hide a body in an abandoned mine shaft in the Utah desert. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I have no more questions. You're guilty, sir. Bye-bye. Yeah. When police investigated Charlie, who was the oldest son, um, he confirmed that the camping trip happened. However, he stated that Susan had gone with them and had not returned, where Josh had said she stayed home and slept. So mommy did go camping with the boys. But she didn't come back. But didn't come back. Weeks after her disappearance, a teacher reported that Charlie had claimed that his mother was dead. So the kids know. I mean, obviously, they're not... They might be young, but they're not stupid. Mm -hmm. Like, they're like, no, like, mom doesn't go camping and not come back, and she's totally fine. Yeah. Susan's parents claimed that while at daycare several months after the disappearance, Brayden drew a picture of a van with three people in it and told his teachers that, quote, mommy was in the trunk. Oh. Yeah. That's so incredibly sad. Yeah. Like, as, as terrifying as that is to think that that's something that really happened, but, like, these poor kids. To kids that- see everything. Yeah. Kids hear everything. That's insane. Mommy was in the trunk. Yeah. 
Investigators informed the media that they planned to question Josh again and subpoenaed all footage and interviews of Josh from different television stations that he had interviewed with. On December 14th, Josh retained an attorney in connection with the investigation and police said that he grew increasingly uncooperative. Imagine that. <laughs> expected nothing. Expected, uh, blah, 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 blah. I expected nothing less of him. Yeah. After a trip to his dad's house for the holidays, Josh returned with his brother to pack the family's belongings, indicating that they were moving to Piala Poop. <laughs> walla 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 Washington. <laughs> Puala, Michigan. Or er, Michigan. <laughs> his hometown. To his hometown. So in his hometown, um, Josh moved in with his dad and his um, sons lived there. His father lived there. His brothers lived there. And his one of his sisters also lived there. That sounds so, so cult-like. Uh, like everybody in, a, in one house, that's a... And I'd imagine it's like a 10-bedroom house. Uh, no, it's not. Soon afterward, the website SusanPowell.org was launched. This website is described as the official website of Susan Powell. And the site's anonymous entries defended Josh as the victim of a smear campaign by Susan's family. Additional posts also speculated that Susan's disappearance was connected to Stephen Kosher, who was a journalist that vanished the same week as Susan, and the website said that they had run off to Brazil together. Oh, right. Because this man that she had never met, she just ran off with. and Zero her, connection to. Her husband, yeah. that's super controlling, has nothing to do with this. How dare you? <laughs> Josh and Steven were widely believed to have written the posts. Oh, yeah. To me, that's like, duh. Oh, my God. Yeah. In late 2010, they both claimed that Susan had abandoned her family due to mental illness and that she had fallen in love with someone else. Susan's family rejected these claims as being unsupported by any evidence whatsoever. so far-fetched. Computer images seized from Stephen's house in 2010 turned up 4,500 images of Susan taken without her knowledge including close-ups of specific body parts. Ew. Mm-hmm. Police also looked at Josh's brother, Michael, after learning that he had sold his old Ford Taurus after Susan's disappearance. Oh, so, like, there might have been evidence in a in his car. Yeah. Mm. He abandoned it in, like, a, a wreck yard. Like a junkyard. Yeah, that's a little yeah. sus. Don't be acting sus unless you're sus. Like When police found the car, a sniffer dog indicated that a decomposing human body had been in the trunk. DNA tests on the car were inconclusive. Inconclusive. Oh my gosh, no. Like, inc- mm-hmm. oh no. Inconclusive. Okay, that's... Frustrating, yeah. Yeah, to say the least, yeah. Relations between the Powell and Cox families became hostile. 
In 2011, Josh and Stephen had spoken to the news outlets regarding journals that Susan had allegedly allegedly written about the relationship between herself and Stephen. Stephen claimed that they had been falling in love prior to her disappearance, which is bullshit. Oh my gosh. A judge issued a... No, I was going to say, it's funny that, like, only one person is there to speak their side of the story. Like, Right. Yeah. A judge issued a permanent injunction forbidding Josh and Stephen from publishing any material from Susan's journals. Oh, good. Yeah. On September 22nd, Stephen was arrested for voyeurism and child pornography after police found evidence that he had secretly taped numerous women and young girls, including Susan. Oh, my, what a freaking creep. Yeah. Josh's attorney, John Long, said that Josh was a subject in a child pornography investigation. I'm shaking my head. Yeah. Um, Susan's dad, Chuck, filed for custody of her children the day after Stephen was arrested. A Washington court eventually granted him testimony temporary custody of the boys ruling that josh would have to move out of steven's home if he wanted to regain custody i feel like mom is in her grave now just like over my dead body and then she's like wait josh ended up renting a house in south hill but authorities alleged that he had never actually moved into the house merely making it appear as if he had satisfied the court's instructions In late September 2011, Josh's sister Jennifer stated that she believed Josh was responsible for Susan's disappearance. His other sister, Alina, had also been suspicious. However, she withdrew them and felt that Josh had been unduly harassed by the investigation. Oh, (laughs) gosh. Okay, so one of your sisters is like, actually, I'm going to tell the truth. And the other is like, no, he's still innocent. This Mm -hmm. is an illusion by the media. Like, no. In late 2011, Josh went under a series of court-ordered evaluations in Washington. The evaluations determined that Josh had adequate parenting skills, a steady employment history, and no criminal record or history of domestic violence. I bet that psychiatrist feels like they got one pulled over on them. What? James Manley, who was conducting these evaluations, said, however, that his failure to admit normal personal shortcomings, his overbearing behavior with his sons, and his persistent defensiveness and paranoia were concerning to be underlying narcissistic traits. Oh, you don't say. The initial recommendation was for Josh to have visitation with his sons several times a week, supervised by a social worker. On normal circumstances, sure. After he kills their mother, not so sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, during the last week of January 2012, Utah police discovered 400 images of simulated... It was like 3D images of child pornography on a computer seized from the Powell family home. Ew. Yeah. This computer was purchased by Susan secondhand, so the porn had been cached when viewed by the previous owner. 
Utah's uh, Utah authorities kind of messed up and said that Josh had viewed the images, which misled the court. Because how can you prove that he did? Yeah. And because it was cached so that the porn was already on the computer when Susan bought it. Okay, that's what I was about to say. I was like, it, so it wasn't him, I guess? Right. But like, Although you don't know if he was actually looking at it or not, if right. it was already on the computer. Yeah. How, how is it that you just happen upon this computer yeah. that um, just happens? Like, that's way too coincidental. For oh, I'll tell you about that. I'll tell you about oh, that. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, in a bit. So hold, hold on to that. Okay. <laughs> As a result, Josh was recommended to receive a more thorough psychosexual and polygraph test, but Manly was like, yeah... We can keep the custody agreement as is. Because mm. it's just for the safety of the children. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Michael, Josh's brother, started a Google site page that claimed that Susan's parents were abusing and neglecting the boys and that West Valley City Police had mishandled investigations into Susan's disappearance and that they were harassing Josh. Oh, my gosh. These they needed to have their laptops taken away from them or something like dude for real like they need to be banned right the cox's lawyers disputed those allegations and google removed the site thankfully oh, well, that's good yeah this is when it gets really sad so listeners if you want to skip this part you can Kat, I'm sorry, you have to listen to it. I know, I'm like, should I go grab a blanket? I don't even... <laughs> On February 5th, 2012, Elizabeth Griffin Hall called 911 after taking Charles and Brayden to Josh's house for a supervised visit. So Elizabeth was the social worker that gotcha. was supposed to supervise the visit. Yeah. Hall reported that Josh grabbed the boys, pulled them inside the house, and would not let her through the door. Soon after the call... The house exploded, killing Joshua and the children. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The authorities treated this as a double murder-suicide as the act appeared to have been deliberate. I mean, yeah, I don't feel like that would be a coincidence. No. Oh my gosh. Himself and the two kids. Yeah. That's so terrible. I know. It's really sad. When authorities notified Stephen, who was in jail at the time, he didn't seem too upset by the news, but was angry with the authorities who notified him. Like, okay, dude, what the fuck? You're not upset about your son's death or your grandchildren's death, but you're mad at the authorities. They didn't tell you in the right way? Like, what? Yeah, the okay. fuck? Two weeks later, he invoked his Fifth Amendment right not to answer any questions about Susan's disappearance. Susan's parents believe Stephen knows what happened to her. Yeah, I feel like that's a solid statement. Yeah. After investigation, officials confirmed that the explosion had been deliberately planned. That's so terrible. Yeah. The official cause of death for all three was carbon monoxide poisoning, but the coroner also noted that both children had significant, quote, chopping injuries on the head and neck. A hatchet was recovered near Joshua's body, 
and investigators believe that he attacked the boys with it before being overwhelmed by smoke and fumes. What a terrible death for these babies. I'm literally trying not to cry right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The... And because the official death was carbon monoxide poisoning, um, they were alive after they were chopped. Um, The fire investigation also found two five-gallon cans of gasoline on the premises and evidence that gasoline had been spread through the house. I know. Sorry for making you cry. I know. I'm like sitting here like, that's just so terrible. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, friends and relatives of Josh told authorities that he had reached out by email minutes before the incident to say goodbye. Some of them even received instructions for finding his money and shutting off his utilities. Which, what is... Okay. Talk about a minute detail. Yeah. (laughs) Records show that Josh had withdrawn 7,000 from his bank and had donated his kids' toys and books to local charities the day before the incident. So this was like super premeditated. Planned. Planned. Dude. Yeah. Josh named Michael as the main beneficiary to his life insurance. Charles and Brayden are buried at Woodbine Cemetery, which contains the memorial for their mother. Joshua's remains were cremated. In 2012, Michael was questioned many times regarding his abandoned car, and each time he was super evasive about why he had left the car where he did. And like, it's a done deal. Like, just tell us, like, just yeah. say something. Approximately one year after Josh's death, Michael killed himself by jumping from the roof of a parking garage in Minneapolis where he was attending grad school. Holy shit. I mean. So I feel like he knew something and totally. then the guilt just got to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like. That's not just school stress. That's I helped my brother kill my daughter and my sister-in-law stress. Yeah. In a February 2013 interview, Manley, the the psychologist, social worker, yeah, the psychologist, um, who the guy who evaluated, um, oh right, yeah, Josh, that's his name. Manley acknowledged his suspicions that Josh was involved in his wife's disappearance. Little too late, buddy. Yeah. However, he did not mention these concerns in his report because they were, quote, beyond the scope of his duties and because Joshua had not been charged with any wrongdoing. Like, no shit. It's like like your, your responsibility to report that shit. And... I can't believe that Then it would be concern for the... Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you not take any responsibility in these kids' safety? Like, that's literally your job. Yeah. If you have suspicions, save them. And now they're dead. Yeah. On May 21st, 2013, West Valley City Police announced that they had closed the active investigation into Susan's disappearance. On account of... Everyone being dead, I guess. I have no idea. That's fair, I suppose. Yeah. Steven's still alive. He knows shit. Right. Okay. At this point. (laughs) I digress. Um, 
<laughs> Joshua's sister, Jennifer, wrote a memoir about the Powell family's tumultuous history. It was published in June 2013, titled A Light in Dark Places. Jennifer states she was inspired to write the book, quote, to help other people recognize abuse in their own relationship or relationships around them because it's not always completely apparent. Which is good for her. Yeah. In March 2015, Chuck Cox won a protracted court battle with Terika and Alina Powell over control of Susan's estate. Yeah. Oh my gosh, just give it to them. Yeah. Terika and Alina sought to have Susan declared legally dead to collect life insurance, but Cox ultimately gained full control of the estate. I mean, how does a judge make that call? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But he ended up getting Susan's estates, which is good. Um, the Cox family also sued Washington's Department of Social and Health Services and its social workers, claiming that the agency prioritized Joshua's parental rights over the safety of the boys and ultimately facilitated their deaths. Yes. Agreed. In, 2000, in 2015, a federal court ruled that the social workers had immunity and DSHS was not negligent. But in 2019... A mere four years later, an appeals court potentially or an appeals court partially overturned the, the decision. At trial, a jury ruled that DSH, DSHS was negligent and awarded ready for this 98 million to the estates of Susan's two sons. So Susan's family also pressured lawmakers in Washington and Utah to pass bills that would restrict visitation rights for parents being investigated for murder. There you go. That should be a thing in every single state. Um, I agree. It's amazing. Okay. Good for Susan. I'm sorry for Susan's family for having to go through this, but if this came out of it, I am happy with that. Yeah. Like, wait, like... Something something positive comes out of this terrible, terrible thing. Right. Stephen Powell was released from prison on July 11, 2017, after serving seven years following his voyeurism and child pornography convictions. He died of natural causes in Tacoma, Washington, on July 23, 2018. So now everyone's dead. Well, at least we can rest knowing that. That would have that we know would have been involved in the disappearance of Susan. And they never found her body. Mm. Just, I got a couple more bullets that were left. So. In 2019, the Cold Podcast disclosed that the pornography found by Utah police in the Powell's family computer was not Joshua's or even came from his computer. The pictures were found to be on a computer that previously belonged to fellow members of Susan's LDS church, which is where she purchased the computer. Oh, creepy. Yeah, but no criminal charges have been filed for the ownership of the pornography. Weird. Okay. Yeah. 
Susan remains a missing person, but it is widely believed that she was murdered by Joshua. There are there were calls as of March 2018 to have her declared dead by homicide. In early 2022, so this year, a cave exploration crew searched a main a mine shaft in the Utah desert in search of Susan's remains. Oh. The team discovered several rib bones, possible human vertebrae, and scraps of clothing and other possible human remains in the mine shaft. Get out. The remains were sent to a lab with DNA tests concluding that none of the bones belonged to the Powell belonged to Powell, but were instead animal remains. Oh my gosh. Pants recovered with the bones tested positive for male DNA, and the family is trying to identify the man. The heartbreak of that poor family. Like, think of the excitement of, like, oh my gosh, he found something, and then the absolute utter disappointment to be like, it's not her. Yeah. Yeah. So, as of this moment right now, her body has not been found. That's awful. Yeah. But that's the story of the disappearance of Susan Powell. I mean, gosh, that's so terrible. All of it. All of that was terrible. Like, this is one of the, yeah, this is one of the toughest cases Ugh. ever. Ugh. Ever. Just because of those two babies, like... Poor babies. They didn't deserve that shit. No. Poor babies. Okay, so that's why I'm staying inside. I was about to say, I'm just going to stay inside the rest of the day and cry, but uh, okay. Yeah. Here we are. Yep. Me too. Okay. <laughs> if you want to cry with us, <laughs> send us an email at stayinsidepod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Stay Inside Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Stay Inside Pod. We hope you guys keep listening. Yeah, it's definitely cool to see uh, people download this every week and have a real following. It's neat. So it's fun. We love you guys. Listen to us in the car whenever you're bored. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see you later. Adios. Bye. Bye.